in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh- Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And welcome into the Sportsocracy. It is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And we are seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to thesportsocracy.com. Click on that live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and uh, join us in the chat. That's that's your gateway into the chat. Immediate access to Jeremy and I during the program here. All your questions answered, all of the best comments commented and passed along to all of the listeners. And we've got new little uh, new little screens. New, new little toys. It looks, it looks so official. I, I like uh, it. I, I'm going to make a lot of jokes today. Just a whole mess. Because between three live guys finishing in the top five, the NBA going full on fight night. It's been an amusing weekend for me. <laughs> it was a great weekend. Awesome weekend. Well, it it was a great weekend. Unless you're a fan of one team that I think got very intoxicated and, and put a comma in the wrong place. <laughs> Oh, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, it yeah, could only be correct. Odell Beckham Jr. Getting, you know, $15 million, $18 million with incentives, one-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens who don't even have a quarterback right I, now. I would love to have heard how that negotiation went. Odell, buddy, you're you're our guy. You're going to be our number one quarterback, and our, our number one wide receiver, and we just love you. But who's going to be throwing me passes? We're going to write a number down, and I bet when you see this, you're not going to care who's throwing passes to you. <laughs> right. The only, Frankly, the only thing Justin Tucker could be throwing passes to him, and I don't think he should be asking any form of questions. That's fine. Anybody else see that and go, Are, is Eric DaCosta drunk? I saw it and audibly laughed out loud. I, I laughed. I am so obviously yesterday being you know Easter and all that we have the Discord all the different things. I immediately thought of our resident Baltimore Raven fan Stephen Tao, and I wanted to gauge his opinion. He's, of, he's lobbying for conversation probation. He say, he says he wants Ravens conversation probation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> after that I totally understand why. <laughs> but am I the only one that's watched Odell Beckham in like the last five years? Because this deal makes absolutely no sense. No, it makes no sense. If you had told me it was for $5 million, I would still have just a slew of questions. I would when not. I found out it was 15 guaranteed, what were you bidding against? What, was he going to buy a soccer team? <laughs> I, I mean, this is not a number one receiver in the NFL. We We all get that, right? Yes. I mean, when yes, was the last time? So he had 5,000-yard seasons in his life. Mm-hmm. He hadn't had one in four years. He didn't play a snap last year. And he got $4 million more 
per year than any other receiver in free agency he's gotten all year. Doesn't make any sense. Makes zero sense to me. He's also never really been good as a one since early on with the New York Giants. And there is nobody to take any of the weight off him with Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, other than Rashad Bateman for the 15 minutes, he's healthy every year. I mean, you would say, you know, the the Odell Beckham Jr. apologist or defenders would say, yeah, but that was with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But he was hurt so much in Cleveland as well. No, he didn't have a great quarterback, but if he has Tyler Huntley, is that any different? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who it is. We talked about this last week. Name me the best 30-plus-year-old receiver in the NFL. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Exponentially better than what you're going to get out of Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Fact or fiction? Fact. The Arizona Cardinals can't give him away. And they're trying their best. No takers. And so you run out to give this deal to a wide receiver that has just over 1,000 yards in the presidential term. Mm-hmm. But why? That's the part I can't wrap my head around. I, and I've heard all of the, well, does this make it more likely or less likely? I don't think it has anything to do with it, if I'm being really honest with you. This wasn't a move to entice Lamar Jackson. I don't uh, think it's a move to prop up Tyler Huntley. No, I think they believe it is. I, I, I don't see how you could logically believe that. I don't either. But it's like you keep saying with uh, me and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's not what you believe. It's what they believe. And obviously, because, it, because it's the Baltimore Ravens, because it's Eric DaCosta, it makes it so hard to believe that this happened. You would expect this out of a Houston Texans. You would expect this out of any other franchise. I, I think that's why it caught me so off guard. Right. Because I haven't seen the Baltimore Ravens do something like this in 20 years. Right. I saw the deal and I went, okay, I, I understand where he has a merit. I had somebody call me yesterday when this news broke of, does this change the the Baltimore Ravens draft strategy? Do you think they could still take a receiver in round one? And my immediate answer was, absolutely. It changes nothing to me. This was before the numbers came out. Then I see that number, and I'm just dumbfounded at, what am I missing here? I, 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 because I can't wrap my brain around it. We've seen this. Well, but it was with Baker Mayfield. Okay, there's a better than, I would say better than 50% chance it's going to be with Tyler Huntley. Which one of these two quarterbacks is better? Because... I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. I don't know that it's all that close. One of them is a, well, he's a he's a quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's a starting quarterback, kind of, in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Tyler Huntley's, what, 50? Now, here's where the, the conspiracy theorist in me, my, my ears perk up. There is a path that this makes sense. I still hate it, but I hate it for a completely different reason. If they're one of the teams that's calling Arizona to move up to three, as we have said, their their out clause here could be Anthony Richardson. Okay. That could change it a little bit for me. But why? Because I've got to have something. I've got to have something. I got I got to have something, so I'm going to bring in a diva wide receiver for my rookie quarterback. That's a horrible idea. That's even worse. That makes it even worse to me. 
<laughs> and trust me, I understand how I you could get there. I don't want that attitude around a rookie. I, and trust me, I understand how you could get there. I'm also looking at this lineup going, do you realize who he was going to be throwing to before this happened? It's a whole lot of Nelson Aguilar. Ugh. And that was going to be the James two. Proche and Tylen Wallace. Devin Duvernay. And Andy Isabella. <laughs> I, I at least get it. If you got a guy that can somewhat run a route and, and get open. I understand, I, I understand it more with Lamar than I understand with anybody. The problem is that the money almost made it impossible for you to make it work with Lamar. I get that there are void years. I'm well aware of that. Baltimore doesn't do things like this. There's a reason that they're never the team that's $50 million over the cap mm-hmm. because they don't kick things down the road. That's the reason they won't agree to a deal with Lamar because they know how it can end. And so you go get a diva receiver for three times his market value. And look, I always say, you can attest to this. I'm really connected with a specific team that he was supposed to meet with. Yep. And it was, well, they've discussed numbers. They didn't discuss any number that was anything near this. (laughs) I promise you that. I promise you that. And if it had been your team? Oh, this would have been my last day on air. (laughs) Because you can do anything once, and I probably would have. Right, right. That's how livid... I would be if it were my team. And so I understand Baltimore Ravens fans like Steven Tao saying, can we just have conversation pro back? Like, I can't even speak on this topic right now. I'm baffled that it was Baltimore that gave, not that picked up OBJ, but gave him way too much money. Well, and that's the thing is that at $15 million, which is the guaranteed portion, there's three more million in incentives. He's your no doubt one. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, he's your one. If you had brought him in at what I thought he was worth, which was four to five million dollars for one year, two million of that in in incentives, okay, now he can theoretically be the two. I can go get a rookie. I can go make a play on DeAndre Hopkins, whatever the case may be. You're not doing that now. Yeah. You are not doing that now. You are committing yourself to one of the great head cases. In all of sports history. To match him with your great head case of a quarterback. And I don't see I don't see the positive. If it's with a rookie, then okay, at least you got him somebody that can get open. To me, the only thing that makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is that they have had some discussion with Lamar. And they and Lamar has said, That's the guy I want. You go out and get him. And, and then well, maybe so, I'll come back to the table, or I don't know. Maybe so, I mean, I'm but do you think it's gonna? So, and I've heard this theory too. So you're gonna bring me Odell Beckham Jr., and now that's gonna make me more realistic about my contract demands. I struggle I to buy that. I, I don't know. That's how bizarre this is. Like I have to jump through so many hoops that don't make sense to try to make it make sense. Because OBJ is just not that guy. And I'm hasn't a, been in a long I, time. I, I've been a defender. I've I, I've been somebody who's, I mean, I'm out like on the attitude and such, but the talent has always been there. The last, what was the last seven, eight games of the Super Bowl year with the, with the Los Angeles Rams? He was good. He, he had was 21 good. catches in the playoffs. He was an integral piece. He was an integral piece in the playoffs. To the run. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a great misnomer that he was he was the reason they got there. He had 27 catches and I in thought eight he had he had 
for sure sewn himself up a nice little nine to ten million dollar contract the following year, and then the injury happens, and his his value tanks. I don't understand this. Like I would have thought right after the Super Bowl, a nine to ten million dollar contract that would have been a bit of an overpay for me. And you're going to tell me he's had a year off. Coming off, a uh, knee coming off a knee where he couldn't even travel. Right. And he's 30 years old. Right. Oh, and by the way, he couldn't travel with that knee nine months after the surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. How many red flags do you need here to go, no, no, we, we shouldn't do that. Adam Black in our YouTube comment said, but money doesn't matter these days, correct? Well, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't except when it does. Because... When I saw this, my second thought after, well, after I changed my pants because I had piddled upon them, (laughs) was what is Lamar Jackson thinking right now? You won't give me $40 million, but you'll give a broken down shell of Odell Beckham Jr. fifteen. million. I I think everybody's looking at this the wrong way. There's no way he's looking at this going, oh, well, they they really value me. They went and got a receiver now. Well, I mean, we already offered you $40 million. And you, and you said no. Remember? Remember the 133 over three years? That's and, $44 million. Like, dude, you should have taken the deal. And, and maybe and it's that. back on the table. Maybe maybe that was it. I don't know. More to come? Because OBJ signs, Lamar, and I got to go down that path. Lamar said, this is the guy I want. And then maybe we could talk about that three-year $133 million again. Just to get it done. Just to move on. This is not That's... serving anybody. But but there again, it would take the level head. And I don't know that the level head exists on either side anymore. Like, I, I really don't know. Because this makes me question Eric DaCosta's decision making. Like, this makes me... How much has he aired with Lamar? And now this. Well, I, I have a slightly different theory. We gotta take a break. Mm-hmm. We come back. I think this screams something that nobody's wanting to acknowledge, and I'll tell you why I think that after the break. Again, Odell Beckham Jr. will be a Baltimore Raven this year. One year, fifteen million guaranteed, possibly eighteen with incentives. We'll have more on it up next. The siren song of the sea beckons with a bounteous treasure and a desire that must be fulfilled. Here's your seafood order, Mr. Willow. Well, did you get me a wild sashimi tuna? Yes, sir. And my Charleston crab cake, bourbon salmon, and wild mahi-mahi with mango salsa? It's all in the bag. At Ingles, our extensive seafood department offers a huge variety from your local catch to flavors from around the world. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Every Friday. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, 
and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! And welcome back into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Hey, uh, hit, hit, hit the button. Oh. I love buttons. I'm your huckleberry. We got a shout out, Armchair and Jason T for a happy birthday. Uh, it's Jason Trump's birthday. It's yeah. Armchair's birthday. Our resident candidate, nice. our, our our buddy with the uh, fantasy footballs, both have birthdays on the same day. That's awesome. That's all. Awesome. Happy birthday, guys! And I'm glad somebody said that because I am the world's worst at looking at that. Awful, genuinely horror awful at birthdays. Well, because Facebook tells me. And I have, a, I have a lot of things like that. So you, you get people that are on the same day and I don't see it because it only tells me one. And then I have other days where it's like, Hey, this person, you don't know it's their birthday. Awesome. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't even know where to look for that. I, 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 I'm that's, that's not, who's shocked. Really? It's on your, uh, it's on your home screen. I don't, I don't even know where to look for that. I just usually wait for it to pop up in my feed that somebody else has told somebody happy birthday, or I usually catch up with people after they post. Hey, thanks for all the birthday wishes guys. Like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. Happy birthday. Awesome. Congratulations on your day of birth. I had no idea until 43 other people said it on your post. I, I got you before, uh, you just, you just missed it. You just missed it. It is the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, and Odell Beckham Jr. is going to the Baltimore Ravens. One-year, $15 million deal. Could be worth 18 depending on what the incentives are. So I'm looking at Baltimore and, and, and where they sit right now. As far as cap? As far as the cap. Okay. They're free and clear for the next three years. They can do practically anything they want, which is, I believe, part of what's been Lamar Jackson's problem is that you're you're being cheap when you don't have to because you've spent so well that they have $80 million in cap space next year. Now, that's with nothing for Lamar. So if that comes in at 40, 45, whatever the case may be, obviously you're not going to have as much. But outside of Lamar, it's basically Patrick Queen, maybe Devin Duvernay, Justin Matabuike. That's all you have to resign out of that. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty free and clear. Now, would it be just completely insane of me to think that maybe Baltimore is looking at this going, we'll give him a legit one in Odell Beckham. We'll have Rashad Bateman, hope that he's healthy, hope that he's around, and we can legitimately see what we have out of Lamar. We'll make you play on the franchise tag because you have no other options in their head. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you that's where it is, but. And we'll do that. We'll do this for one more year, because you have nowhere else to go. At that point, does he play? I don't see how you could not, because you can't silence. So the the issues with Lamar are not can he play. The issues are can he stay healthy, and how is he going to age over the life of the contract? So you petulantly sit on a sideline. That's not going to do anything to squelch those fears. 
This is why I think you're at one of the great standoffs yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, but but if I'm Lamar, see that, that that's my problem. Like we've to some level, I fault Lamar for all of this, but in, a, in another sense, I don't because I know, I know in my heart of hearts how much how much pain I've been in, how much I have sat out for the last few years. I'm not stepping back onto that field without guaranteed money. I'm not without security for the future. See, I think that should be his MO right now of, okay, so I'm not getting the five-year deal. But, hey, let's go back to the three-year thing. Give me as much as I can get security-wise. But I'm not stepping on the field for $32 million this year. I'm not sure that Baltimore's not drawing the line in the sand of, Maybe. well, then you're not going to step on a field for us. Yeah. We, we'll prop up, uh, and this is their thinking, not mine, we'll prop up Tyler Huntley with Odell Beckham Jr., and a year from now we'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is just this is one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen, and I swear you made it more convoluted by signing Odell Beckham Jr. than you had done with anything else you had done. It's a head-scratcher. It's an absolute head-scratcher. It genuinely makes less sense to me now than it did before this signing. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to find out more. And I know you can't either. And whenever the latest comes in, we will bring it to you right here in the Sports is a There is a latest that we'll talk about in the next hour because there could be some uh, movement. Movement with Draftmas. Ah. We're going to play a fun game of uh, who wants you to know that. Okay. Because <laughs> to me, it's really not all that hard to figure out. All right. All right. Uh, still to come on the program as well. Yes, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we will get into the Masters. What a weekend it was. Hello, friends. Yeah. Live from Butler Cabin. Yesterday was just incredible. I mean, it was dawn to dusk, and it was the John Rom show. CBS didn't do itself any favors, but why? Oh, the, the the way you did the coverage, you show back up at three o'clock and then the weather horn goes off after 14 minutes. Like, Whoa, great. The leaders have played a hole. That was fun. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't notice any of that. I was watching all of the individual stream, the you know the oh, pay per view streams. Just I hate those so slipping much. back and forth between the fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. And hey, the, look, we're going to show you these three groups. Channel and we're going to show you these three groups that have absolutely nothing to do with the outcome of this tournament. I, I mean, there were two. There were two fun groups to watch on Sunday, and it was John Rom and Brooks Kepka. And that even that wasn't even all that interesting after Kepka had his big explosion. Oh no, it was interesting because there was a time that I thought Brooks Kepka was going to wrap his four iron around somebody's head. Oh really? He got he got a little tense, did oh, he? Oh yeah, let's well, uh we'll, we'll talk about that momentarily. And then watching the uh uh the, the, the Scotty Scheffler group. Phil Mickelson, Scotty Scheffler, man, that was it was just entertaining to watch those guys try to chase down a good number. You knew they didn't have a shot at winning the tournament. Like, it was going to be up to John Rom to piddle in his pants. Thankfully for him, he did not do that. And But it was it was a lot of fun watching that other group. The thing about John Rom is he's just so consistent. He's got that really tight, really compact swing. He just doesn't miss that often. Mm -mm. 
I mean, he had a drive that went 90 yards. Didn't change anything. Changed absolutely nothing. That's why he's one of the greatest in the world. Adam Black said ESPN Plus didn't have the leaders as a feature group. Trust me, I sent off a couple emails about that. Oh, we'll see. see if anybody listens to me, I'm going to say about it. Did they not? No. I didn't even notice that. No. Interesting. Yeah, I watched way more of Matt Fitzpatrick than I wanted to. <laughs> oh, look at this guy that's in 20th and has nothing to do with the outcome. Uh, I thought it was it, it was awesome just to sit yesterday and enjoy, what was it, 18 holes that John Rahm had to play yesterday? Or, uh, I mean. No, uh, no, he played 30, I think. Yeah, math's hard. Math's hard. Yeah. 27, is that right? I, I, I really it, hope somebody so. isolates it was, that. It was more than 18 holes. <laughs> I, I hope somebody isolates that clip so I can use that uh, th- that look on his face. Like, what is 18 plus 9? I can't um, even do the math right now. I'm so tired. It is the sportsocracy. You're 43 and a half. Is that math, math? <laughs> we are coming to you live from the Ingalls studio here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM. And 1,400. We got uh, NFL draft team needs as well. Got three do. more of those. Coming up after the break, we'll get just a bit outside. Then we'll give you the uh, Kansas City Chiefs draft needs for uh, this 2023 draft. Uh, that got skipped on uh, on Friday for the New Orleans Saints because we had people in the chat with the clamoring for the Saints. So we'll touch base with the Chiefs, touch base with the Chargers, and the Los Angeles Rams, which I have a good a little birdie told me. So it's a good West Coast feel today in the uh, draft needs leading up to our coverage of each and every pick right here in the Sportsocracy. Which is going to be wire to wire from the first pick to the 256th pick of the 2023 NFL Draft and A-plus mock drafts. Each team, what is the best this could go? Not, I didn't just pick the best players. I took who's been in your building, who I've heard you've talked to, so if you get mad at this one, you're going to have to be mad at your team, not at me, because they're the ones wasting their top 30 visits. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in Western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. Running a small business is no small task. At Home Trust Bank, We work hard to prepare businesses for whatever tomorrow may bring. Your dreams are our business, and we have local experts who can help you plan for a successful future. Dependable guidance you need and service you'll appreciate. At Home Trust Bank, we take your small business banking personally. Visit your local Home Trust branch or anytime at htb.com. Member FDIC. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The Sportsocracy. 
just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. And, you know, I mean, John Rahm put in a great performance this weekend at the Masters. No doubt about it. May not have been the most improbable thing that happened all weekend, though, because there was a team in minor league baseball that scored seven runs. I had to tell this. I saw it yesterday, and I went, you know what? This is it. This is the story, and I don't care. And anytime I can bring up the Rocket City Trash Pandas on this show, I'm going to do it. So the Chattanooga Lookouts and the Rocket City Trash Pandas were having a double-A showdown the other day when, um, well, the uh, Trash Pandas, they they threw a no-hitter. They lost, and that's not unusual so much. I mean, it is unusual that it happens, but typically the score is like one to nothing, two to one, maybe they lost seven to five and they lost in the last inning of a seven inning double header because at the top of the inning, they allowed seven runs without giving up a single hit. There were, there was walk after walk after walk. It went walk, walk, pop out, walk, strike out, walk, error, two runs scored, hit by the pitch, bases loaded in a three, three tie, hit by a pitch, hit by a pitch. Seven runs were given up without a single hit. And unfortunately, the uh, Chattanooga Lookouts could not come back, or, or excuse me, the uh, the Trash Pandas could not come back in the bottom of the ninth inning. They did score two runs to make it a seven to five ball game. That is insanity. Uh, and I'm going to go with satisfied Browns fan who says I'm sure all six fans were really upset. <laughs> Speaking of upset, a Super Bowl champion really upset our new Masters champion. If you didn't hear this story, John Rahm and Zach Ertz tied into the Arizona Cardinals are really good friends. Okay. And they're in a chat group. And apparently, Zach Ertz is not as superstitious as I am. Because when John Rahm stepped up to the first tee, he had just read a text from his buddy Zach Ertz, and I will tell you what it said. This was John Rahm in his acceptance last night. For those people who believe in jinxing other players, people, or whatever it may be, Thursday morning was when I was getting in my golf cart to get to this putting green. Ten minutes before tee time, I saw a text from a good friend of mine. I'm going to name him because he's a Super Bowl champion. Zach Ertz. He sent the text, that first green's looking like a walk in the park. Ten minutes before I four-putted it to start the round. So thank you, Zach. Don't ever do that again. Don't jinx people with... Okay, I, I understand I'm the superstitious when I got 13 tattooed all over my body. I get it. Stop jinxing people, okay? Don't say things are, oh, you got this in the bag. That makes me want to slap people so bad I can't stand it. <laughs> Nothing is in the bag until it is actually in the bag. Uh-huh. This is not the only story I have from Augusta. How much did John Rahm win yesterday? Was it 3.4? It was 3.14 million. 3.24 million, okay. excuse me. Okay. How much did Brooks Kapka win for winning the LIV Orlando the week before? $27 million. It's $4 million. <laughs> Brooks Kapka won more for winning a live tournament in Orlando than John Rom. If you want to know why people have jumped to live, that's really all I need to tell you. Mm -hmm. you know, I have a little bit of philosophy that we'll talk about in the next hour when it comes to live. 
And also, I'm really glad that Brooks Kapka only whined about Patrick Cantlay instead of actually bludgeoning him with a four-iron, which is what I thought was going to happen. I missed this. What happened? So, Brooks Kapka is – he is – Brooks and I would get along really well on a golf course because we both live by the adage of it's perfectly fine to suck, just do it quicker. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Cantlay is one of the slowest players on the tour. Did you notice Jim Nance kept saying they're having to wait at every tee? There was a reason for that, and it's because John Rahm and Brooks Kafka are two of the fastest players on the tour. Patrick Cantlay plays at a snail's pace, and it infuriated me watching it the entire day. Like, you're not competing for anything. Get out of the way! <laughs> Oh, come on. He was trying to climb the leaderboard. Oh, that's great. Well, you, you should be better. You should be better. You should be better. You could play quicker. What did he fed is like six under? Uh, who cares? Did he win? <laughs> nope. Did he win? Was he ever competitive to win? Nope. That's. I know you don't play golf, so you don't no, understand I, how infuriating I that is. It. I am very quick on a golf course. When I'm a big driver, you can assume that by looking at me. So you're going to have to go everyone needs you to go because there's a lot of fairway where you're still in range mm -hmm. and i'm not one of those that tends to look at a 370 yard hole and go well i can't reach it so maybe i should just play shape mm -mm. i play this game to hit my driver many times really far yeah that's it so get out of the way <laughs> That's why he and DeShambo hated each other so much. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. You talked about that ad nauseum. Oh, because it's so Back when Bryson was a thing. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that's why. That's not why Kafka just completely went off the rails yesterday. It wouldn't be the first time. He is really sensitive to pace. Mm -hmm. I can sympathize because so am I. Or at least that's what I blame it on. Yeah. I, you get no sympathy from me on that one. I mean, you don't like, play the sport, so you don't. I mean, to me, it's just one of those things you have to deal with, though, right? I mean, like... No, no. No, no, no. This should be legislated way more aggressively than it is. This would be you, like... All or right. do we need T-clocks? Oh, Baseball's no gone to the pitch Well, they clock. have one. They have one. You just have to be miserably slow to have it enforced. You'll hear that on a broadcast from time to time, that Bryson DeChambeau or Patrick Cantlay or somebody's on the clock. Mm -hmm. What that means is there's somebody sitting there timing them. Ah, okay. And if See, you, I didn't even know that. Once you get on the clock, if you fall afoul of the timing rules, then you can be penalized. I, I, a, it's not nearly quick enough. B, um, it's not enforced nearly enough. I felt bad for Kapka the entire round going, oh, I bet I know what the first thing out of his mouth is. I was right. Yep. And I was right. It is the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN. Asheville DNA Tooth Podcast is he had a microscopic amount of interest, and then after two weather delays, didn't care anymore. I get it. I, I 100% I, get I, it. Absolutely. However, I, I, I've now jumped. I've, I've jumped to full golf fan now. Like, I don't see how you didn't see the interest in what was going on Well, yesterday. I mean, with the rain, I get it. I, I, Especially if you live here, because it was just miserable here. So you wanted it, you wanted to have that thing to watch. Then they played at eight thirty in the morning. I'm not getting up at eight thirty in the morning on Sunday. Sorry, <laughs> right. it's just not gonna happen. Right, I was up already. It didn't. It didn't matter to me. I wasn't. And so. guess what? 
I didn't see the end of the third round. I woke up and went, well, we're here. Hey, here nice. we are. But, hello, friends. Live from Butler Cabin. Let's go. Right. I get tapping out on it, tapping out on it on Saturday, but for Sunday, you got a round and a half of the leaders, and it was it was all phenomenal. You are in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. Just keep your eye on the ball. At Ingles, we know that big dreams don't always make it to the big leagues. But we also know that baseball, it's family. It's about building character. And as sure as there'll be some stumbles on that journey from first to home, we'll be right there cheering you on. This is baseball. And this is who we are. Ingles, we're with you every step of the way. Our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great. At Home Trust Bank, we're proud of that. And that's why we focus on helping homeowners prepare for what's next. Our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate. Home Trust Bank is ready to help make a house your home when it's time to buy. Visit your local Home Trust branch or go to htb.com forward slash mortgage. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. It is the Sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. And the Sportsocracy is uh, bringing you all of your draftmas coverage leading up to uh, the draft at the end of this month, which we will be covering live on the YouTube stream. Every pick. It's. It, I, I have so many stories. I, I've got one, uh, so I'll be recording a-plus mock draft, seven rounds, guys that your teams have talked to. There's a uh, there's a fun prospect that I can't remember what team he goes to, but he goes to a school that I had never even heard of before this started. Mm-hmm. Those are always fun for me. I like it. I like it. All right. So, um, yeah, all the uh, draft miscoverage here in the sportsocracy and uh, draft team needs. We've been going through each and every team in the NFL and at number 32 overall in the first round. It's 31. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping you, out. You, I'm not doing quitting. it. I'm tired of people saying, <laughs> well, you got the pick numbers wrong. Not according to the NFL, though. But I'm really tired okay. of responding. With right. the last pick in the first round Let's of the 2023 NFL draft, it is the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Biggest need for this team. I, I don't love where this offensive line is sitting right now. I, I didn't thoroughly understand the Jawan Taylor Orlando Brown thing. I mean, if you were catching a discount, all right, mm-hmm. that I get, but you didn't. You lose Andrew Wiley, and now I'm just looking at going, A, you're really thin. Now, you still got four pieces that I like. One of them's playing left tackle for the first time in his life, which mm-hmm. I'm not super fond of. So, for me, offensive tackle and edge are 1A and 1B. 
And it really just depends on what falls to you at the back end of the first round. The beauty of being a team like Kansas City is that, okay, so do you need a receiver? Yeah, you do. Because uh, I don't think Richie James is going to – I don't think that's going to fill that need. And I get he was okay with the with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you've fixed that. But then you look around the roster and just go, it's fine. Yeah, you got Chris Jones. It's fine. You need another pass rusher? Yeah, you do. You added Charles Amenahu. You still need another one. You look at the line and go, well, you got three that I know are just all Dogs. world. Yeah. Tackle and I'm not so sure how that works. <laughs> I don't love you know Jawan. you have a right tackle at least, at least right? Uh, I mean because you got Jawan because you got Jawan Taylor. So I mean if he if he's just god awful on the left side, you can move him over to the right side. Well, I mean you didn't pay him twenty million dollars to play on the right. I, they I don't, I don't actually care. Actually, think I don't. If it's not working, I don't care. I'm gonna move you to where it works. Yeah, I'm not paying $20 million to a right tackle, but that's just me. And and I'm trusting Andy Reid. If this was anybody else, I would be mocking this Mm -hmm. sideways. Mm -hmm. But it's Andy Reid. I mean, I've watched him with with Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, guys that I liked uh, as a blanket scout, and apparently 31 teams looked at and went, no, more than once a piece. And they made them both pro bowlers. All right, so how do you see the, the first round shaking out, and which one of those do they get? Depends on who falls. If Darnell Wright or Dewan Jones falls to the back end of the first round, they're not going to survive past Kansas City because that's your right tackle of the future. That's where both of those guys play. Then now I'm looking at the line going, yeah, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If it's defensive tackle, which I, I do think is a is a need, Notorious B.I.G. in our YouTube comments said they couldn't stop the run with, with Kalen and Chris Jones. Kalen's gone. They need a defensive lineman. I agree with that. This might be the worst interior defensive line draft I've ever seen. And, and the ones that are even there, I don't necessarily they think they fit next to Chris Jones. There are some that I like later on mm-hmm. that can be – pass rushing guys or runs depending on what it is you're looking for i'm just i'm not seeing a lot of guys that i'm feeling warm and fuzzy about taking early virtually every time i put a defensive tackle on a team i feel like i'm reaching kansas city's not really well known for doing that so i could see i agree that that's a need but i could also see them using that pick or or using a using their picks on other things and then finding a guy that's cut down the line whether it's in the preseason or just something that's still out there mm-hmm. that, that they feel like fits their system because this is so bad on the interior. So a guy like um, it, you, you, you like Mozzie Smith from Michigan. I do, but I don't like him next to Chris Jones. I just don't think that's a good fit. Okay, I see him in the middle of a 3-4 because there are things about him that, I, I mean, you see him in the lobby and you go, whoa, that's a, that's a dog. And then you watch some of his tape and you go, ew. Not as much dog-like as as I would like it to be. And I'm just not sure that's going to fit next to Chris Jones. I'm also not sure he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like the Brian Brises and uh, Kalijah Cansey, who I don't think is going to be there when they come up at, at 31. So it, it's hard for me to find a way that you're going to fill that. Because, it gets, like I said, it gets so bleak down the line. Right. There is also a possibility, and just know that this has been said to me more than once, that 
the NFL on the whole is not as wild about the receiver class as you might think. Okay. Which means there is a better than zero chance that one of them falls to the end of the first round that you don't think there's any possibility it's going to happen. Whether I, I don't think it will be Zay Flowers. It could be Jalen Hyatt. It could be other guys we've talked about. I didn't even know we were talking about Jalen Hyatt as a first-round prospect. Depends on who you are. Uh, it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, that's one that I'm uh, I'm routinely told he's going to go higher than you think. Mm-hmm. But then you get into, like Josh Downs, there is now no hope of him going in the first round. None. And it's because this wide receiver class is not as good as people think it is. And I agree, it's just, they're on Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm on Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. So the class is, see, I thought the class was was pretty deep, pretty talented. A wide receiver? Yeah. It's deep. There's just not the high-end talent. Okay. I mean, PFF put out a list, and I can't, I can't remember which one of the writers did it, but they, they, they ranked the receivers that have come out in the last three classes, much like we did. Mm-hmm. They had two in this class that were in the top 14. So you, you don't have the high side, you just got a lot of them. Yeah. So you could see a team. Like if Zay Flowers falls to 31, there's no shot he's not against City Chief. Right. None. And that's what they're going to do. It's what they do every year. Oh, yeah. Insanity. yeah doesn't, that just, doesn't that just irk you? Uh, to imagine him and MVS and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, I mean, it's just let's just rinse and repeat. Yeah, Why they not? just be fast real Why they, not? They just be fast real good. I mean, Kansas City's one of those teams, though. They're one of those teams you look at and you go, I'm just going to trust the process here. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is what they do. Ever since the Pat Mahomes era started, what they do is either sit where they are or they fall in love with a guy and move up a little bit Mm -hmm. with a team that's just desperate to bail out. That's what they did last year with Trent McDuffie. Uh, And I can't remember who the player was, but there was a player that went in front of the team they traded with and they were just, I mean, they were blowing up everybody's phone. We must bail out. There's nobody we like here. So Kansas City got a good value to go up and get a player in Trent McDuffie that they really liked. That's what good teams do. It's why teams like Kansas City are good for eons. All that and the fact you have the best quarterback in the NFL. You also have running back listed as a need. Do you know the running backs that are currently on this roster? Well, I mean, Outside I know, of Isaiah, I Pacheco. know Isaiah Pacheco and... CEH is still there, uh, right? He, it, we figured this out. He's awful. Okay, he's yeah. terrible. He's awful. He's f- Other than that, it's failed New York Jet Lamichael Piran, uh, which I, there were times I wasn't actually sure that he understood he was supposed to run behind his linemen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't run away from them. Run behind them. Uh, and Jerry and Ely, that's it. Uh, who he's a, a little gadget back. Mm-hmm. Kansas City is one of the teams I see in that three to four range. Running back falls that they really like the fit with with Pacheco. And I'm thinking more of the the Tajay Spears type. One that can get out in space and and hurt you and and fill that Jarek McKinnon role. Mm -hmm. They could also bring him back. Running back market hasn't moved at all. But could I see them looking at that going, we can spend our dollars better in other places. I do all right. Uh, John Ross is also on this roster, and every time I say that, I just laugh. Is he really? Yes. Kansas City's got 10 picks. They got 10 picks total. Now, what, four of those are in round six and seven. Mm-hmm. 
So they've got an opportunity here to add a lot of depth pieces, mm -hmm. deep bench pieces. Is that where you're looking at um, at some secondary help? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not as – I don't think the secondary is I, – I, I have a problem with, okay, you drafted three last year. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to add another young guy to that? Right. I would look to add a veteran. That's I, I get yelled, yelled at when we do these mock drafts all the time because, well, we need a corner. Yeah, you've already got three young ones. Yeah, you need one that's been in the league for more than 15 minutes because just compounding young on top of young is not really how you fix a problem. And I don't think it's a problem. No, I think they you played these really guys, well. I just think you let them develop for a year. And, I mean, they played well at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, the rookies played really well in Phenomenal. the Super Bowl run. So you couldn't ask for much more. Don't be shocked if Kansas City is the team that sits back. Uh, and now they've been mentioned as a trade-up candidate multiple times. Just remember I said this. Broderick Jones, if he falls past the New York Jets, don't be shocked if they start trying to call to to get up there to go get him. I've been told they really like him. And when you're the only ones. and when you're a team that doesn't have a whole lot of needs, you don't have a whole lot of need for all that draft capital. No, and you've you got have. a and you've got a lot of teams that are just desperate to bail out. Mm -hmm. I mean, Arizona, that's all the way up three. You're not going that high, but they're the first of about fifteen teams that would bail out for a hundred percent value. If you would give them what these picks are actually worth, they'll bail out in a heartbeat. Yep. Problem is that nobody's jumping up and down to do that because there's not really high end talent in this class. But don't be shocked if you if yeah, as you do with Kansas City, I've done it three years in a row with them. They just sit back, they take a few guys, and the next thing you know, they added six rotational pieces to an already ridiculously good roster. They are the defending Super Bowl champions, and did they lose some pieces? Sure but they got all the draft capital that they need to replace those pieces and, of course, be at the top of the AFC once again, threatened to win another Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. This is the Sportsocracy, and you're listening on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM at 1400, and, of course, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yep, the, uh, the Masters was huge yesterday. Saturday was a washout, but it made yesterday even better. We'll discuss more of it coming up next. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. This is the Sportsocracy, and we are live in the Ingalls studio, as always, here on 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We are heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click the live video link, subscribe to the channel, so you can join us in the chat. Yep, the uh, Masters in the books. John Rahm is your champion of the 87th Masters we haven't even talked about Phil Mickelson yet and what a great story that was. We'll talk about that coming up shortly. But first, I mean, when there's talk about a major move at the top of the NFL draft, you got to go that way first. So apparently there are six teams, according to Adam Schefter, that are interested in the number three pick owned by the Arizona Cardinals. And from what I'm told, they're not all interested in a quarterback. There is a better... It, I would say it is a better chance right now 
than there has been through the entire process that you only have two quarterbacks going to the top five. Ooh, that's spicy. Uh, Indianapolis is – you get into this fun, who wants you to know that? All right, so six teams have called Arizona. I think it's pretty easy to figure out a few of them. I would say Indianapolis has at least made a precursory call. Sure. Seattle has probably made a precursory call. Okay. I would say Detroit has as well. Philadelphia has as well. Because you can go up there and get the elite defensive player that they're all looking for. That's four. Who are the other two? Las Vegas doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, from everything I hear, they're not taking a quarterback. It's we're, go, we're rolling with Garoppolo. We got Hoyer. If these two guys don't work out, we're going to be looking for a new coach and staff next year anyway. Tennessee Titans, Baltimore Ravens. Yep. That's where I'm at. That's the six that make the most sense. Now, there's almost always when things like this happen, there's ones you're not th- there's one you're not thinking about. I don't know who that is. Those are the six teams I've heard from everybody I've talked to today. Not shocked. We've, I'm we've not, been talking about the Baltimore thing. Hell, Eric DaCosta said it the other day that it, the right opportunity was there. We'd take a quarterback in the first round. And, and well, I if you trade that, up to three, there's the opportunity. Well, and, and I get that Baltimore doesn't have the ammo to get up to three. Uh, you'd have to gut this roster for the next four years, and you're not doing that for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Sorry, you're just not doing it. There's a There would be a lot to get done because I feel like they would have to move Lamar before they could move up to do that. So that really – I'm not going to say it takes one out. It's just that's a lot of moving pieces. I mean, look how long we've been gnashing teeth with he who shall not be named, Captain Hiawaska himself. Just try, And that's just trying to figure out what second-round you, pick you, you want. D- you did hear Joe D over the weekend. I did. did. Okay. Of All course right. I did. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Joe D and I look like brothers. There's a reason. Uh, <laughs> that's my dog. I mean, when Joe D gets up on a stage and says, Aaron Rodgers, he's coming. And, and I fully believe it. I also know that was a uh, WFAN event. And Joe D might have been five or six domestic lights deep. Might not have thought anybody was recording that. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. Arizona wants out of three. There's zero doubt in my mind about that. And I love in the story, the Cardinals are still mulling whether to move the pick or, or make it. Sources told ESPN. They're moving this pick. There's virtually no shot to me that they don't. What is more interesting to me is who they move to. Indianapolis doesn't have to move up. I thought that was a smokescreen the entire time. I fully believe they're in on Will Levis. The Anthony Richardson thing has been a smokescreen to get somebody else to come get him. Because there is a portion of their fan base that really likes him. And if he's not on the board, it's a great way to go. We'll see. We couldn't. We do to somebody else just overpaid to go get him. So we took Will Levis. Oh, got the, got the fourth quarterback, which is the one you secretly wanted the entire time. Who this pick goes to can change the entire first round. I have been told the drop dead spot on Jalen Carter's Philadelphia at 10. He will not get by them because they feel like with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, they already have the leadership on this team that is strong enough that we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. We'll be fine. We'll figure out a way to get past the maturity issues and Philadelphia is so good that they can take a risk like that. Not every team can. You've got to have really good leadership in your locker room 
to feel like you can take a swing like that in the top 10. Where I'm curious is, are they one of these teams calling up to go get Will Anderson? The Philadelphia Eagles? Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be That's a been a moment. little low-lying rumor all draft season long. And, I mean, it makes a good amount of sense. Would you package both picks to get up there? I mean, you would have to. I'm, I'm not so sure that I would do it. Just depends on how how good I feel about it's just how how good I feel about Jalen Carter. I don't, I don't because know I'm 99 percent sure he's going to be there. I don't think Chicago. Right, for me, Carter, if he goes in the top ten, it's one of two teams: it's either Chicago or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And if Philadelphia trades out, I can almost promise you Arizona's not taking him. I think Jalen's already met twice with Chicago. Yeah, so Chicago's well, probably hot on him. Yeah, be really careful how you treat that. Meeting with him twice is usually a, I really wish you would quit saying stupid things because if you would stop doing that, we would just draft you and we would not have needed to see you again. Third time's a charm. Don't say anything that makes me rip my hair out this time. This time, we we wrote it down. You just read. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I can see how that could be a bad sign. All right. Well, I mean, a lot of people get wrapped up into that they had him in the building Guys have a lot of visits. A lot of times guys have a lot of visits means guys have a lot of red flags Mm -hmm. and they want to hear you answer to them in person. Right. Or they want to see you in the room. There are a lot of different answers to that. I told you last week about Josh Downs. He has zero. Zero pre-draft visits for a guy that's top 50 for virtually every person I've talked to. And is that necessarily a bad thing? No, it's not. It just means that people don't have any questions. They know exactly what they're getting. I don't need you to be here. I have it on tape. I have it on tape. You went to the combine. You did things at the combine that lended themselves to exactly what I already thought. So I, I don't need you to come in here to, uh, I mean, we could buy you a steak, which would be lovely. Right. I'm sure you'd enjoy that, but we don't have to. The question with the Arizona pick, though, is would anybody get up there to three to get Jalen Carter? Is that no, what you're God, saying? No, no, okay. God, no. Okay. No, nobody's trading up to get Jalen Carter. I'm not sure. There is a rumor that Arizona would be looking to move back to mitigate the risk to take Jalen Carter. I don't buy that. As young as this defense is, you can't miss here. No. I mean, because if you trade back, somebody goes up there and gets Will Anderson, you fall back, take Jalen Carter, and he's just lives in trouble. Yeah, that's not a – you're off to a really poor start. I mean, I can understand why Jonathan Gannon would want him. And with his leadership now, maybe, maybe that's – Maybe you're not maybe doing that's that with, less. You're not less. doing that with the young thing. You're yeah. not doing it. Maybe. You're just not. That's the reason the Chicago thing's never made sense to me. Uh, you have all these young guys, and yeah, they went and added a couple linebackers, but if you still look at their the starting the the starting eleven, seven of them are within their first three years in the league. Mm-hmm. That's still a really young defense. And now you're gonna center center it around a guy that I don't remember the last time I saw somebody boo boo kitty the draft process as bad as Jalen Carter has. Just don't buy it. And your hoof beats, it makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. And so when I saw this story this morning, I laughed and said, who wants you to know that? Why did this come out? Adam Schefter puts out a report. It's all over Twitter. Six teams have called the, the Arizona Cardinals. Who wants you to know that? The Cardinals. There you go. There you go. The Cardinals want you to know that that pick is, is up for auction. Well, everybody knows it's up for sale that's been widely known around the league for weeks. The reason a report like this comes out is, hey, you better bring us your best offer. 
because we're trying to do something sooner than later. Because we don't really know what's going to happen at 1-2. We know who the players are, we think. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if... If Houston makes the switch? You know Carolina's not. No, Carolina's sticking at one. They're going to take Bryce Young. He's in the building right now. Mm -hmm. He's there today. Yep. It's from there that it gets interesting to me. Because nobody I talk to has CJ Stroud with Houston. And my where my brain immediately went is that Arizona may have a little bit of intel somewhere that Houston's going to take Will Anderson. And not everybody is after not everybody's after but the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So this is I, I think what Arizona does is going to be very telling to what Houston does. Because I don't think you have to move up to get Anthony Richardson. Okay. So if you see somebody package those picks, it's probably to get Will Anderson, not Jalen Richardson. But if Will Anderson goes two, Will Anderson goes two, then somebody's going to pay it's a King's be the ransom to get CJ Stroud. Right. Then, I think that's where you get Seattle in play. That's where you get Detroit in play. But because what it costs to get from five or six to three is not kill your franchise. And you could sit Stroud behind Geno Smith, behind Jared Goff for a year, really develop them in the system, and then turn them loose a year from now. Because neither one of those quarterbacks has a contract that's that onerous to get out of a year from now. Mm-hmm. That's how this gets so interesting. I, I, to me, the the risk would be too great to make a move to to get up to three. Because the only one you would, the only one that non quarterback that you would move up for is Will. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right? Who but makes? If he's the, gone. Okay, I'm I'm not expressing what I'm trying to say here appropriately. This move at three, this was Arizona's way of going, last call, because they have something in hand they like. Mm -hmm. That's the reason things like this come out. Okay, we got a trade package we like. We're not 100% sure what's happening in front of us, but whoever's whoever's making this move, they know. I'll give you an example. You remember the New York Jets traded up to three to get Sam Darnold? They knew unequivocally that Saquon Barkley was going at two. Mm -hmm. Unequivocally. Mm -hmm. We don't know who Cleveland's taking at one. Unfortunately, they thought it was going to be Sam Darnold and Josh Allen was going to fall in the lap. The Baker Mayfield thing was a a bit of smokescreen. But they knew they were either getting Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. They were comfortable with both. They came off the second-round picks not knowing which quarterback was going to be there. That may be what a team does here at three. And I feel like they're going to have a piece of information that tells them enough that there is a guy there that we will go get and be happy with. Yep. And who makes that move will tell you pretty much everything you need to know. And I won't be shocked if it happens by the end of the week. You're in the sportocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. It's uh, It makes a lot of sense to make the move for a quarterback. But you were saying that there were teams that were not looking for a quarterback that could make that move. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think if there's any chance that Houston doesn't take a quarterback you don't make that move now like that's a that's a wait we have to wait till draft night to make well, that not necessarily deal. but all right so think about the teams i just said yes detroit would be in on will anderson yes seattle would be in on on will anderson mm-hmm. if they take him at two you're sitting at three with a quarterback that just fell in your lap that universally we have all said is one or two in this class depending on how you view them mm-hmm there is a possibility that one of these teams is looking at it going, I don't care. 
I don't care which one falls in our lap. Now we're either going to get our future long-term franchise quarterback, or we're going to get the pass rusher that we've wanted forever. Now, do I think you're making that move without knowing which one of those is happening? Probably not. That's what I'm thinking. But there's a lot more of we know what's Mm coming. That was what I was saying with Saquon Barkley. There's a lot more I know what you're going to do because we've had, let's say we've had some preliminary discussion about something else and we can figure out where your head is. There's more of that that goes on that people think. Have you ever wondered why the Calvin Ridley rule is a rule? That you're not allowed to bet on anything in the sport? Yeah. It's more for front office people than it is for players. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's insider training. A hundred percent. Right. As you can get somebody that's been trying to trade up here that's like, uh, give me $500,000 on the Houston Texans take Will Anderson at two. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-no as well. That's the reason. Yeah. There was a lot of, when Calvin Ridley got buzzed, well, he's only one player that wasn't even on his team. No, but you'd be shocked. You would be shocked how much these... Uh, how much these guys know about teams whether they're on that team or not you're in the sportsocracy and this is espn Asheville. tired of getting dinged by monthly fees on your checking account you need simple checking from home trust bank with simple checking you get all the essential checking services for free including 100 online access and a free visa debit card it's everything you need from a checking account but no hoops no surprises no monthly fees stop by today or call 800-627-1632 simple checking at home trust ready for what's next member fdic equal housing lender real estate isn't about properties it's about people I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The sports awkward You two are just dumber to bag of hammers. Welcome back into the sports and this is ESPN Asheville. And you know the um, sadly enough, the weather turned around here in Western North Carolina yesterday, um, because you know Thursday or, or Saturday would have been a great day to just spend. 12 hours in front of the television watching the well, 87 because it Masters. was a, because it was a deluge it was but it was doing the same thing down in augusta so we didn't get play on saturday not much of it anyway. i have no idea why it took him so long to call that either i sat there for two hours watching that going how in the world are you asking these guys to do this <laughs> by the way the plight of the caddy I, you know, the, I, I watch that. And I, these guys make good money to carry a bag. I mm-hmm. get that. Yep. They don't spend much time under that umbrella during the deluge. I know. I can't remember which one it was. I can't remember which player it was where the caddy is holding the umbrella while he's getting just drenched mm-hmm. and he's holding it over the ball. Like, yeah, this is starting to. I, I mean, I have a story <laughs> that I want to tell right here, but I can't. Hey, it's all for the love of the game, right? I I guess that's uh, I, I'm good. Have you heard this narrative about Brooks Kafka faded because he's not used to playing seventy two holes? That is without a doubt the stupidest thing I've ever heard. 
I mean, I don't know how stupid it it's is. It's stupid. Yeah. You're talking it's about a guy stupid. with knee injuries. And, and he's perfectly healthy. Yeah. Maybe. He's perfectly healthy. Maybe. The fact that he was able to bend over to, to scout a putt tells you he's in much better shape than he was two years ago. I mean, it didn't hurt Phil, and he's 100. Mm -hmm. Brooks Kapka is built like a Terminator. You know why he faded? Uh, well, because it's kind of it what happens. he does. Because <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it's the first time it's happened in a major, but it's not the first time it's happened to him. Right. Had, had what, uh, he was 12 under to start out the third round. Well, he was on fire in the first two. Mm -hmm. He faded in the third round. It's just he was so far in front that nobody could catch him. Then it went really off the rails. Well, once they hit, what was it, six? I think it was on the sixth hole of the final round. That's where it all started going downhill for Brooks. And now, do you see what I was talking about with having the live guys in the top five? What? That that's advantageous to the PGA Tour not to live. Do you have any oh, desire to watch the no, next live golf absolutely event? Absolutely not. No. I, I, I still don't care. But having the awkward interactions between Brooks Kapka and and Scotty Scheffler with uh, with Phil Mickelson, uh, to, which to me was gold. It was gold. See, Phil's I just watched. out here wearing his big goofy sunglasses, like <laughs> you all hate me and I don't care. See, I watched all of it on Sunday, and I never thought about it once. Oh, I did. I thought about the entire I round. I never once thought and Phil about. Phil was thinking oh, about well, it. I mean, they're just they did the LIV thing because guess what? They did a great job of never mentioning that. Oh, ever. Oh, Jim Nance had a, a couple little subtle digs. Did he? I can't remember what he said. He said something about the CW. He was talking about Brooks Kafka, and he said, "Yeah, he's used to being on the CW, the Ooh. cart, the, the, the something like that, the cartwheel or." Well, it, good for him. it was very obvious what he was trying to say. Well, good for him. Oh, Jim Nance is great at that. Let's take the little. Yeah, but no, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't lift anything for for the live. No, it's that's why I said this was short sighted of all the. I, I'm friends with a lot of old school golf fans that that thought this was just the end of the world. No, it's going to be advantageous to the PGA, which it already has been. One hundred percent already been. You've got these, I don't remember what they call them, the signature events mm -hmm. that these guys have to play. Yeah, that's positive. That's positive. I watch more golf probably than anybody you know, and about 90% of it is borderline unwatchable because you don't have anybody you know. I mean, yeah, it helps It, it helps these guys that, that, that don't have the following. I want to see John Rahm. Yeah. I want to see John Rahm. I want to see Rory McIlroy because there's some you like, there's some you don't like. If you don't like John Rahm, I'm really going to need you to explain to me why. Just, I, I was watching him last night just going, that's the most likable dude on the planet Earth, and I don't even know why. You see Scotty Scheffler put the jacket on him, and you're like, I thought he was super likable until he was sitting next to John Rahm, and I'm like, you're kind of a jerk. Really? It's just a look on just his face. Just a comparison? I, I guess. Okay. I, I, I guess it's what happens when people meet me, and then they meet you. I'm like, Oh, I thought you were a jerk before, but he's so nice that it makes you look worse. <laughs> uh, John Rom comes away with the with the championship. Phil Mickelson finished in second place, and I loved every second of it. He was tied for second place with Brooks Kepka at eight under, 
and he had an amazing last round. Shot a 65 on Sunday. And just when you thought maybe he was, you know, maybe he was going to fade away, maybe he was just, you know, this was this was it. Everybody else kept dropping and everybody else kept coming back down to his level and you're like, "Oh no." Oh, and Phil. Does just, he have a shot? Like, oh, I never thought he had a shot. Bar, you know, it, it, I mean, it was going to take a, a, a catastrophic breakdown. A catastrophic? Yes. yes. It was going to take That's an extra something slabble. major for John Rom to not walk away with that. And obviously, he got the job done, and, and, and rightfully so, he is the champion. But you thought for a second, there might be a chance. Oh, I I never thought that. But the the fact that you never thought about the live thing is comical to me. Because every time they showed Phil wearing those big, goofy aviators, and he looks like he's lost 50 pounds, and you hear the roars, and the roar is, it's just a little muted. But then there's the ones that are really in it, and yeah. you just see Phil going, <laughs> Daddy's back. Oh, he looked like the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I was thinking the entire round of, I, w- I would kill to have a microphone on him to hear what he's telling that caddy every time they stop. How much of that, though, do you think was driven by the, by the, the breakup and the live more than it was just the fact that he's contending again at a Masters? I mean, you go back to, what was that, the U.S. Open that he won two years ago okay. down right. in Charleston right. or at Kiowa? So this is what you hit there is kind of why I wanted to talk about this. And I am not making a political statement here or anything of the, well, yeah, I actually am. Yeah, I am. That's exactly what I'm doing. There is a narrative that people are so fractured and there's so many things that we, no, we don't. No, we don't. And you know what? I, the golf was living proof of that. Everybody tries to tell me how how angry the golf fans are. Was it a little muted for Phil? A little bit. A little muted for Brooks? A little bit. About 5%. Mm -hmm. I'd say about 5% of people actually legitimately cared. Other than that, Phil's on 18, and the crowd goes nuts as soon as that putt goes down. Yep. Stop telling me we care. No, we don't care. No, you have tried to – the PGA Tour has tried to make this big bad wolf out of live. It's going to go away. And you're going to bring all of these guys back just like you should. And the legacy of the Live Golf Tour will be that you got the stars to play in more tournaments. You got the purses pushed up so these guys are making more money. And you got different benefits for the guys on the tour. That's it. That is all this tour. Five years from now, that's all we'll remember. Mm-hmm. Because either A, Live won't be around anymore, or I think the PGA will come – We'll come to its senses and just go, you know what? Y'all can play both. Play, there's play no, whatever you want to play. There is no negative to letting these guys play. No. Because if you look at the schedule, it's in weeks that you don't care anyway. Mm-hmm. We're at the Valero. Whoopie-doo. Corey Connors won that like two weeks ago. Let him play. Right, because nobody... Do a team thing. Abs- you can absorb it for all I care. Because mm-hmm. what I felt like, and again, this is from the novice golf guy. I don't have the big division. I don't care about the PGA. For what this weekend was for me was, oh, these guys are back. And like, that's- it was bringing Brooks back in. It was mm-hmm. bringing Phil back in. And it was like, these guys are home now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were competing 
and that they were in the you know in the final groupings and putting up numbers made me think the PGA needs to rethink this. These guys got a paycheck. Many of them had a reason because they didn't know. And I'm telling you, if you haven't watched that full swing on on Netflix, and you have a, a an adamant grudge against these live guys, watch all of it and then tell me you do. Watching how this works with these guys that fly out and they have to leave their kids and then they fly out, they miss the cut and they make zero U.S. dollars, and you actually wind up costing yourself money by going. Mm-hmm. Watch that and then tell me you begrudge them. Now you can be a moralist all you want to. At the end of the day, you got to provide for your families. And and I looked at this and just said, you know what? You've made a mountain out of a molehill. This is not going to last for long. Yesterday was awesome, and I will reconvene for the next major. Because where I'm at, I want to see all these guys play together. I agree. And it was fantastic. By the way, got to say this because I said it to you, uh, Sahith Thagala. Yes. I really struggle to say his name. Dog. That kid is going to win a lot of tournaments, and he might have won me a lot of money. So, thank you. You are the anti-Hideki Matsuyama. Who once famously cost me a million dollars. There you go. I have to. You got to follow that up. You're in the sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. The siren song of the sea beckons with a bounteous treasure and a desire that must be fulfilled. At Ingles, our extensive seafood department offers a huge variety from your local catch to flavors from around the world. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in Western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Welcome back into the sportsocracy, and uh, it's it's time to tell a story that I, I feel like, Jeremy, if, if any of us were going to ever be in this situation, I think Jeremy would be the uh, the candidate you sure you can tell this story on air? Story, yeah, <laughs> yes. If I'm the candidate, it's not that you might need to. It's not that. So you like telling stories, or not necessarily like telling stories. It just so happens that there have been so many kerfuffles with Delta Airlines that they wind up in this here segment or the crime segment, one or the it's other. A very formidable airline to fly on. Oh, well, now I have a, a I have a story about American Airlines. So an American Airlines traveler got into a little bit of trouble as uh there was a uh there's a funny five minute video that uh has been posted out on a uh travel blog called the view from the wing 
And it shows a man just completely acting like a like a toddler, basically, on an airplane. And he is getting manhandled by air marshals. Now, the reason that he got so upset was because apparently he sat down, asked for a pre-flight cocktail. He wanted a gin and tonic. But apparently, he was denied. And that was a bridge too far for the man. So in a five-minute struggle with the air marshals, then you see this man cry. I mean, sobbing like a wee little child. What, was he crying like the child that Israel Adesanya uh, <laughs> gloriously <laughs> trolled? He did. Oh, he just became, he became my favorite fighter the second that happened. <laughs> this kid, I mean, excuse me, this guy is just sobbing uncontrollably as he's being led away in handcuffs. I do feel like, Jeremy, you could have that day. You could have that bad of a day where you go, I need a drink, and someone says no, and you pitch a tantrum like a five-year-old. I like a beverage now and then, and if there's not one readily available, I'm much like a child. Have you? Have you or would you ever? Throw a, a temper tantrum because I couldn't get a beer? Nobody's ever told me no to a beer. Nobody's ever told me no to many things, if we're being really honest. There, there is a fear factor there. Yeah, I mean, just like... <laughs> Coming to King, you there's best a, not miss. There's a little bit of a fear factor there. I better get this giant behemoth a drink. And maybe that's it. Maybe this guy just, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was very clean cut. Very, very, you know, mannerly looking gentleman. You get a well, guy I mean, with a mullet. Public, so. You get a guy. Well, I mean, you would too if you knew if if you knew you were getting ready to go to jail. I've I've told you if I if I'm headed to jail, rest assured, but be a bad day for somebody else. <laughs> I'm going to set a tempo. He's got a plan. Do have a plan. My story comes from China, and this is a neighborly brawl. Our 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 first entrant, the man who in the report only goes by the name Goo. Which Dude. is his last name. Okay. He was having a property dispute with his neighbor. And so he snuck onto his neighbor, Zhang's chicken farm. And he was going to terrorize Mr. Zhang's chickens. Do you know how you terrorize a chicken? Because I was today years old when I learned this. Okay. Flashlight. Apparently, chickens really don't like flashlights. To the point that he shined a flashlight into the coop. And it caused a slew of them, almost 500, to flee into the corner, trampling each other to death. Courts find out about this. Police arrested Mr. Gu, ordered him to pay 3,000 won, which is roughly $436. And then he did it again. This time, 640 chickens trampled themselves to death, trying to get away from a flashlight. Well, this time, Chinese authorities were not quite as forgiving, and so they fined him 13,840 won, which is just slightly over $2,000, and sentenced him to six months in prison. Ooh. Now, here's my question. Why are chickens so scared of light? Like you said, that's what this story says. It actually goes into quite deep detail that flashlights 
terrified chickens, hmm. especially in the dark. And it didn't it didn't have any guesses as to why. Did they not talk to the did the reporter not do their job where they followed up with the chicken expert? Uh, who's the chicken expert? Foghorn Leghorn? Colonel Sanders. I see. I see. <laughs> that, that's just something we don't like around here. I don't know. You got to you got, call the local. Did zoo. you say Colonel Sanders? Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> if it's if it's things that harm chickens, then you might be right. He might know. Right. No, you would. If I were doing this, I used to be a reporter for our sister station, News Radio 570 WWNC. I would call the Nature Center, call the local zoo, find the local zoologist and say, hey, what's up with the chickens being scared of light? And they'll give you a, a quote and then you throw it in the story. It's a very simple process. And I have so many questions now. Well, I just Googled it, and the first thing that came up was chicken nightlight. And it's not a nightlight made with a chicken on it. It's a nightlight for your chickens. Mm -hmm. But if they're scared of the light, why would you have a light? Well, this one doesn't move. So I'm going to assume this is a lot like cats, that cats try to pounce on a flashlight. That's how you get back at somebody like, look, it's in it. to make your chickens kill themselves i mean here's the other question uh isn't that what you ultimately do with chickens anyway don't you have to sell them at some point yeah but if you're trying to get eggs like you don't want them to die oh, look i'm not your zoologist here i was just, I was just making, <laughs> trying to make chickens. I mean, there is a reason to keep the chickens around i was just trying to make chicken salad out of flashlight chickens right. okay that's all i was trying to do <laughs> these are egg laying hens then you know they're them dying would be a bad thing i get it it's just okay there's a there's another step here also don't be a jerk and make the chickens trample themselves yeah that's that's, but that's a thing i learned there's a special place for people like that and that's reason number 718 that i'm terrified of birds of all kinds even the flightless ones yep don't care does it have wings does i like it but they're delicious uh no i like to eat them i don't but when they get all flappy i'm <laughs> out but when, but when they're alive and kicking Mm-mm. i'm i'm gone nope we have turkeys out in the uh parking lot here at radio range don't like them either maybe that maybe that's the secret that's the secret to faffoing with jeremy just always have a bird in your pocket and you know, like a magician, you could just pull it out, and get, when he gets mad, you can just flap it, and he'll go running away. That's a good way to see your chicken get the Kimbe Matumbo, <laughs> and you get smacked. Uh, that's uh, at, that's at uh, ESPN Draft Nerd. You throw it, you at me all you want to. You throw a chicken at me, that chicken gets what it deserves, <laughs> and that chicken can take it up with you. That's so awful. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. More draft miss coverage coming up after the break. NFL team draft needs. We'll talk about the Los Angeles Rams. The siren song of the sea beckons with a bounteous treasure and a desire that must be fulfilled. Here's your seafood order, Mr. Willems. Well, did you get me a wild sashimi tuna? Yes, sir. And my Charleston crab cake, bourbon salmon, and wild mahi-mahi with mango salsa. It's all in the bag. At Ingles, our extensive seafood department offers a huge variety from your local catch to flavors from around the world. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Here! Every Friday. 
I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. The Sportsocracy. You are just dumbing a bag of hammers. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville and the Sportsocracy. Dare to remind you, we are Draftmas Central. All of your NFL draft coverage right here. Anything breaking, we'll bring it to you. Obviously, we've got team by team position breakdowns and all of that out on the YouTube stream. We got three round mock drafts for every team. Uh, out on the on the channel, and uh, we've got seven rounder coming this a week. A plus seven round mock drafts, tirelessly, and I have a story for every weird guy that you've brought in for a private visit from a school you've never heard of. Draft team needs is where we're going right now, though, and let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Well, you don't have nearly as much capital as you would like to, but. You have some, and that's a good thing because you have just a, a slew of holes. slew of needs. I think this is, and you're going to tell me I'm crazy when I say this, because there's a report out that the Rams are, with that second-round pick, they're targeting an offensive lineman. Well, here's the problem with that. I'm not sure that you're not going to be overdrafting anybody that you're going to take there because I don't see any way Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright make it down there. I don't really see any way any of the the highest tier offensive linemen make it there. Mm -hmm. And then there's just a drop-off. So let me give you a hypothetical. If Jameer Gibbs somehow makes it to their pick in the second round, do you do that or reach for for an offensive lineman? Oh, I'd go Jameer Gibbs. I'm going Jameer Gibbs, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm not sure he makes it that far. But if he does, then I would do that and not think a second thing about it. Because that gives me another weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll try to see what's left in the third round. See well, what's left in the well. I don't. I don't know that I want to try to put a starter out there for the fifth round. But you never know. <laughs> you never know. Look, this is a deep class. I've said that time and time and time again. I would say probably sixty percent of the comments we get on on mock drafts are, but they need a blank, and there's not one there. There's just not. I'm looking at the Rams, saying, "All right, if Will McDonald somehow falls." If Isaiah Foskey falls in your lap or Jameer Gibbs falls in your lap, I can't say that you don't need a lineman more, but I'm not reaching. Mm -hmm. That's one thing in this draft I'm not going to do, period. I don't like doing it ever. I'm a value-based drafting guy. I'll feel the need if if it's not available with this pick, it might be for the next one. But I'm not going to reach. Yep. Because you just, you've got too many players in this class that, to me, are rated very similarly. And I'm looking at the Rams. I don't think this roster is as bad as everybody else does. The problem is that you have no room for error whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You need a corner real, real, real bad. But trading away Jalen Ramsey, it's pretty obvious that you don't care that much. Right. Because I mean, you left it to, to Gobi Durant and Darian Kendrick. That's their two starters right now. Which... 
I like Darian Kendrick, but Ooh. he's not a he's not a number one guy. Uh, he's not an, even a number two guy. Of corners think. that played enough snaps last year to rate according to PFF, how many of them rated worse than Darian Kendrick? Ooh, uh, none. Uh, uh, one. just one. I I don't know who it is. It was that bad. It was that bad. Really? Now, Dakubi Durant was pretty good. He didn't play enough st- snaps to actually register. So I mean, you could be okay, there. and and I f- I find myself doing that with that that with them a lot. Mm-hmm. You could be okay if those guys step up. If if Quentin Lake is, I mean, you, you remember me talking about him a lot last yep. year. I liked him as a box safety. Is he good enough right now? I don't know. And you have a lot of those if you're the Rams, but you do have three picks in what the top seventy seven. You should be able to add three starters in this class. And the way that their class has worked out the best for me is you take the best player that falls to you. It's been Will McDonald a good many times. It's been Foskey several times. It's been Jameer Gibbs a couple times. Mm -hmm. Then when I come up at 69, there should be a corner there. There should be an offensive lineman at 77 or vice versa. And so I hit three of my four biggest needs, and then I try to find a a, a, – in in day three, I'm trying to find an interior lineman – and, a, and another safety. You've got a lot of shots at the draft. I mean, there's not many. I mean, they have 11 picks. Not many teams have more than that. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to take some. You're really going to have to cash in some lottery tickets. You need to hit five of these picks. You need to have a class like the Kansas City Chiefs had last year. Absolutely. Because depth is the biggest problem on this team. Uh, GG Gambling in our YouTube comments said, I-, I keep seeing Miles Murphy a lot with Will McDonald. If they both fail, who would they pick? I would take Will McDonald because I have him rated higher than, than Miles Murphy. I'm hearing more and more that Miles Murphy is going to go a little bit higher than I think because mm-hmm. I had him in the top of the second round. Looking more now like he'll be a back, back very back into the first. But, I mean, that's that is to me – when I watched the Rams last year, the biggest problem they had was that they couldn't stop the rush and they couldn't get after a quarterback. And now you don't have, you've lost Bobby Wagner. You don't really have outside of Aaron Donald, anybody that consistently gets to the quarterback, Mm -hmm. but you have just enough in the God awful NFC. I'm not sure I can toss this team yet. Like if I'm the brain, if I'm less needed and making decisions for the Los Angeles Rams, I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater yet. Because even with all the holes, yeah. I can't find a way they're worse than the sixth best team in the NFC. That's if they do nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, defensively, yeah, you're going to get into a lot of track mates. How many quarterbacks in the NFC you legitimately think are better than Matthew Stafford right now? Not many. This team's healthy, and everything goes hunky-dunky. There's no reason they can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's better than blowing it up and getting 30 cents on the dollar for Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford. But again, that all hinges on health. Health. You have to be healthy. Because this team is so thin. Mm -hmm. I mean, you 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 can't really afford one injury. No, but I mean, because the back half of this roster is, it's not good. But this is what happens when you spit in the face of the draft for all these years. Mm -hmm. There's a reason you'll never see another team do this. It if I live to be 100 years old, you will never see another team that goes this long without a first-round pick, ever. 
Mm-hmm. I won't be shocked if the NFL puts a rule in place. The NBA already has one. You cannot trade first-round picks in consecutive years. Right. This is why. Right. Because you start getting hurt, and you are dog water immediately. Do they have another contending year in them? I don't think so. And well, it just depends on what you consider contending. Are they winning the division? No, the third-best team in this division. Easy. But I'm also not sure that they're not the fifth-best team in the conference, period. Mm. I don't like any team in the NFC South better than them. None. Uh, okay. I, I could see easily yeah. see a path where the NFC East cannibalizes each other because they're all so good. Mm-hmm. I like one team in the North definitively better than them, and that's the Lions. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, it's definitely debatable. Just depends on what the team looks like. But you could easily be the third best team in your own division. Well, they are the third best team in their own and division. And that. This is a team that's, that's contending good. for a wild card. Mm-hmm. But if everything stays right, you hit a few of these picks, you get the you get a little depth on this roster so that you can withstand a sprained ankle. I mean that line, there were times last year that, that offensive line didn't have a guy on the field that looked like they belonged in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And now that's bias when you've got three that are over their skis, it makes the other two look worse than they are. Now, looking at your uh, your draft needs up on the uh, YouTube stream right now, you got edge rusher, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman, cornerback, safety, running back. Where's the wide receiver? They need one of those, don't they? Well, I mean, you got Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. Yeah, but Allen Robinson was pretty much a disaster last okay, year. Okay, you don't tell you me. Want something all right, else? You, you pick at thirty six. You tell me the receiver you're going to add that's better than that. You're, you're not. That's how thin this roster is. Mm-hmm. Receivers probably the seventh or eighth biggest need to me because at the end of the day, Ben Skoranek is better than what you're trotting out there at every one of these positions. You've lost too much. Mm -hmm. So there's no team in the NFL that needs to do more with less, but you got a lot of lottery tickets to make it work. You do. They picked twice in the third round. They got three fifth rounders, three sixth rounders, two seventh rounders. You got a lot of back end of the draft capital. Day three is going to be very hot and heavy for the Los Angeles Rams. You got to hit some home runs. You're in the sportocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. This is the Sportsocracy, and you're listening on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400, and of course, everywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. We're also seen live in the Ingalls studio on YouTube. Just go to thesportocracy.com, click that live video link, subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat. Top of the third hour of the program, it's daily draft time. And as we do every Monday at Stock Up, Stock Down from the weekend. And I feel like I should have the first pick in today's daily draft. I mean, just going back to our weekend pick, sure you got John Rom. I got the winner. Sure you got the winner. We were drafting the winner. I had the winner. (laughs) We were drafting the best team. You had John Rom. I had Brooks Kepka, I had Jordan Spieth, I had Phil Mickelson. I'm saying my team overall 
better than your team, despite the fact that you had the winner. Have at it. <laughs> I only wanted the winner because I I wanted to take him as my number one. Because of course that's the story of the weekend. John Rom playing whatever it was, twenty seven holes or whatever yesterday to go on to win the eighty seventh Masters becomes, um, you know, wins his second major. Won the U.S. Open in 2021. Now he's won the Masters. And what was it, the fourth time that someone from Spain has won the Masters? It was a great moment as he was walking off the off the course. And, uh, you know, you know me, narrative guy. I love the uh, the touchy-feely moments with the, with the kids and everything. And when he came off and he hugged Seve Ballesteros, like it was. That was Jose Maria. Or Ho- yeah, Ho- sorry, that guy. Uh, I felt like that was obviously the highlight of the weekend. John Rahm, Masters champion. I mean, and it's it's hard to disagree with you. I mean, that's I I, I heard uh, I can't remember if it's Jim Nance or or one of the other commentators. You start to feel like a green jacket is just implied for certain guys, mm-hmm. and. A, John Rahm is the oldest-looking 28-year-old I have ever seen in my life. Patrick Holt used to often say that Jay Wright was old enough to be my dad and yet looked younger than me. Mm-hmm. I am two presidential terms older than John Rahm, and I look younger than him. <laughs> Especially when he takes his hat. He took his hat off, and I just went, whoa, that 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 hair. You should let's get you a comb here, big guy. Maybe a tighten that up. You don't get hot hair? Is that is that is that not a thing? No, I I do. When you've I been just, outside, I've sweating. never understood the guy that's like, I'm gonna shave this and then I'm gonna leave like a little little faux hawk. I mean, yes, I do understand the irony that I have the same thing. It's just in the back. I was getting ready to say, I get that. Okay, fashion doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> fashion. I, I just th- this is then I'm gonna piggyback off yours because my winner of the weekend was the PGA. This could have been an absolute disaster because Saturday was brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pouring. Nothing is going down. Then Sunday morning, you start and the wind is howling. So nobody, and I hate, see, I'm not, I guess this is where I fall apart as the golf purist. I don't want to watch these guys just get annihilated by a golf course. That U.S. Open theory that, well, the winner should not be more than one or two under par. Mm-hmm. Let's, okay. There's really nothing fun about watching PGA Tour players look like me. Just spraying balls all over the world. It could have gone poorly. It didn't. And, and I thought Sunday was incredibly interesting. Even though the, 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 the ending was never really in doubt. By the time we got to the eighth hole, I really didn't have any doubt of how this was going to end. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see Phil. I wanted to see if Brooks could rally to make it competitive. You had Victor Hovland that I I love that kid. He's going to win multiple majors. Sahith Tagala that I mentioned earlier. Golf's in really good shape. You may not love it, and, and I understand if you don't. It has become, to me, it is the second most consumable sport to football. Major League Baseball, I'd rather watch paint dry. Uh, and, and I mean that to the high. But we got a pitch clock now. I could care less. That is just another <laughs> thing for you to screw up. 
I'm just at the NBA. Yeah, you, you got, which takes me to my to, to my loser, the NBA, the last day of over the. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back three days. Over the last three days of your season, you had a team that was still in playoff contention. Just shut it down. Do you know why Luka Doncic played? Why? Do you know where he's from? Lithuania? Is that right? I the Lithuanian? I want to say Slovenia. Slovenia. I knew that didn't sound right, but I couldn't. So it was Slovenian night at uh, in Dallas. Okay. That's the only reason he played. So he came out for the first quarter and then just glued himself to the bench. If that wasn't bad enough, in an era where really your biggest problem is your game is completely unconsumable at times. So you go out and get absolutely just annihilated by a San Antonio Spurs team that is not even competitive. Did you happen to hear what happened after the game? Greg no. Popovich went on a nine-minute political tirade about gun control. Oh, my. It's totally fine. You can use your platform mm -hmm. to do it right after the game. It was uncomfortable. And some of the things he said, you need to learn some tact of how you say things. You're entitled to your opinion. Mm -hmm. But the way that came off, it was painful for me to watch. Well, Pop's never been one to mince and, words. And I got that. That's fine. That's a weird choice of time to do that. And then you get to Sunday. Well, he knew that was the last chance he was going to get. Well, they had another game. Oh. This, oh. They had another game in the season. And then you have an end-of-the-season press conference. This was literally five minutes after the game was over. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a media pool more looking around going, do we stop him or do we just let him go? Anyway. You, do, you don't ever stop Pop, by the way. I would have probably just walked away, but that's me. Then on Sunday, you had two fights with teammates and a third that punched a wall and broke his hand and is now out for the playoffs. There is no sport. I'm lumping your Major League Baseball into this mm -hmm. that is in worse hands right now than the NBA. I've never seen anything like it. It is putrid to watch. I thought Adam Silver was one of the smartest people in the world. In five years, he has completely killed this game. And every idea he has is dumber than the last. This play-in tournament is eye-broccoly. Well, the urgency of, oh, it's sudden death. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you play in, if you're the 10th best team in the league and you lose to the ninth best team in, the, in your conference, mm -hmm. okay, then that's sudden death. The winner has to go play another game. Loser of the other one, well, we get another crack at it. It's the most millennial participation trophy thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Now you're adding a tournament in season that means absolutely nothing. You know that old saying, more is not always more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. The NBA can't figure that out. No. They cannot figure it out. No, because they want to get the – it's obviously always about the money. It's about the ad dollars. It's about what we can generate on the TV views. And Which the is nothing. Views and all of that. And they're still selling ads, though, and that's that's the problem. Sooner or later, advertisers are going to figure out it's not worth it to spend money no. with the NBA. No, it's, it is literally – It's terrible. As two people that do this for a but, living – 
I can't, it, it has gotten difficult for me to even feign interest. Now I'll wager it because it'll make me money because it's say, so predictable. And this is a guy who just became a Denver Nuggets fan in the last four years. And they're the best team in the NBA. And they're practically the only team I can watch. That's one of the reasons I like them so much. The, see, my question is, and now you can go down the path of, you know, the political statements that the NBA has made or standing out, you know, stepping out of the way and letting the players be more political and all that. I get blaming I Adam Silver for that. Uh, of all the things to blame him for. Mm -hmm. I, I And I don't care what your political allegiances are. I could frankly care less. That's not even in the top 10 of things he has done that has made this unwatchable. I get that there's some see, people that, that cling to that. And see, that's, to your and see, that's where I wanted to go with. Like, like I don't want to talk about that stuff, obviously. I just, it is a reason why people have stopped watching. People have migrated away from the game. The play-in tournament hasn't affected, I don't, I don't know that the playoff t tournament has affected the product itself. 100% it On the floor. 100% it is. Has it? No doubt it has. No doubt it has. Ten teams missed the playoffs. There are ten teams in the NBA that could be contracted right now, and nobody would care. Nobody. So basically, every team with a pulse makes the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that affects the regular season. That, that's why you see it. All right, you got right now, and I, I do not have the updated odds. Two of your it was top five as of two or three days ago. Two of your top five most likely teams to win the the, the title are either in the play in tournament or just missed it because they've sat players for months at a time. Just just get me in. That's all that matters. I would argue every seed from th four down is more likely to wind up in the NBA finals than your top three mm -hmm. because what those three did was just play their guys that's how they wound up here sacramento is god awful defensively just play your guys play your guys you're gonna get a g-league team once a week i love the I, I, I should not say that that way i loved the nba mm -hmm. i grew up loving the nba and if somebody does not impede adam silver he's going to completely destroy this game because it is the worst television product in all major sports right now, and it yep. is not close. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to the uh, golf course for my next stock up, stock down from the weekend, and I want to preface this by saying it's of no real fault of his own, at least, at least recently. But I feel like there's a stock down from the weekend as Tiger. He did not look good out on the course. And I guess you can look at it from the sense of he wanted to go out one last time and 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 do it. Okay, I'll give him credit for that. The weekend did not go his way. He made the cut. The, he made the cut. He made the cut. He, he made, made it a cut. small miracle to do it. Right. But. He he made the cut, but the weather was so bad that he was just physically unable to continue. He's not competitive. Anymore. No, he had to withdraw from the tournament, and I even mentioned to you on Friday that I would not be shocked if he had to withdraw from this tournament just because of the pain he looked like he was in in the first round of the tournament. And then it got worse on Friday, and then obviously the weather changed, and he just couldn't make the body work anymore. And I feel like, okay, so there was the one major 
right? That was the the Masters from what was that four years ago, five years ago that he won. Twenty eighteen, yeah. So five years ago, he wins the Masters. That that was the Swan. Song. That was the Swan song. The swan and song. I, I guess we all should have saw it coming, but we all want to believe that I, the heroes I, can still pull out miracles. I, and I can't say that's a stock down. The fact that he made the cuts a small miracle. This guy that almost lost his leg three years ago. Right, so, but, but again, it wasn't really his doing. Like, he he fell into the cut. Uh, he Like, it was everybody else playing in the weather that, you know, they put up worse scores than he He played in the it. same weather. It was a backdoor cover. It was basically. a backdoor cover solely because Justin Thomas had to bogey the last two holes, but he was still on the cut line. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that can barely walk. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I can't go that route. I mean, I I hate to see it, but at the end of the day, he's forty seven, going on seventy seven. Mm-hmm. So the the I mean, everybody was talking about Fred Couples and and good on him, fantastic. You set the record for the oldest competitor ever to make the cut. I would argue, in terms of sheer health, he's in better shape than Tiger Woods, and it's not close. Probably so. Probably the fact so. that he even made the cut was a small miracle. Mm-hmm. It's just definitively. I don't know. I just the, feel the, like the comeback's is, not coming. Right. And I feel like this is just a it, it's it's an unfortunate ending to the career. It's it's happened with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So you're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and fourteen hundred. Daily draft will continue next. The sportsocracy. I saw song. I saw. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville, and you you can see us everywhere on YouTube. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click that live video link, subscribe to the channel, join us in the chat. We're in the midst of the daily draft. It's stock up, stock down from the weekend. I got John Rahm as a stock up. I had Tiger Woods as a stock down. Again, not any of his fault. It's just, it's sad circumstances at the end of his career here. And I won't be shocked to hear the official word come out that that's his final Masters. Well, he basically said that going in. Right. Uh, that his days are numbered at Augusta. Uh, Jeremy went stock up for the PGA. It was a great ending to uh, a a weather-battered weekend down at Augusta. Stock down for the NBA, who just can't get out of their own way. Ugh. With an unwatchable product... And now you got guys fighting on the last day of the season. Just not good. And now it's time for my next stock up for the weekend. And I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again because now we're a week and a half into the season and Major League Baseball is way more consumable now with the pitch clock. The game times on average have been cut down by 31 minutes. We're getting more action because of the pitch clocks, because of the shift rule, which I panned to begin with, but it seems to be working. And the changes that they've made on the base pads now are giving us more of the athletic plays, more stolen bases, less of the, uh, you know, wasting an hour of the game time throwing over to first base. It, watching a game is just completely different now as it has been compared to recent years. They're on pace for the lowest 
game average game time since 1984. That's that's almost as old as I am. Mm-hmm. I think it's doing phenomenal things for the game. Batting averages are up 16 points. Stolen bases are already up 30% for the year, and the game times are down 31 minutes. Baseball fans, I, I think we all should we all can revel in the fact that Major League Baseball has gotten this right for uh, once. They they have gotten it right for you, the the loyal consumer. What has it done to your television ratings? Just take a stab at it. I, I haven't seen any. What would you think it has done to it? Probably nothing. Four percent. Oh, four percent. Well, there you go. There's an increase. And then that's you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's a. It's a. I mean, look, it, it's just it is a regional niche sport. I, I mean, I could make the argument every sport is outside of one. Outside of the NFL, sure. outside of one. Now, there are certain things that we congregate for, whether it's the NCAA tournament, whether it's the Masters. It's just it's a niche. And and I'm I'm glad for you that, that it's making it more consumable for you. I haven't watched one pitch of it, and that should surprise absolutely mm-hmm. no one. I am very happy you just did that. Okay. Because my next stock up is for Israel Adesanya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see it over the weekend, he knocks out, and I can't, you'd have to tell me, I, I never thought I'd be deferring to you because I didn't watch the fight. Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira. For whatever reason, every he time had I- had never beaten. He had lost, what, lost him, what, three times? Yeah, he had lost to him twice in kickboxing, kickboxing. and then he lost the t- title to him, what, six months ago. Yep. So every time I saw Pereira, I'm in golf mode, so I kept thinking Mito Pereira, right. and I could not get Alex out of my mouth. So if you didn't know the story, when he knocked him out in, in kickboxing, his young child came into the ring and did the the fallout knocked out next to Israel Adesanya. Well, as his child was crying in the front row after he knocked out his dad, he pointed at him and did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you that everybody's going to love that. <laughs> but for me, you just became my new favorite for it ever he was jazzed up about this win as well he should win in his illustrious career because there was all the talk that he couldn't beat alex Pereira, and and he he did and and he did it in such brutal fashion i mean Pereira had i I mean he was in the fight he was competitive he was yeah okay i'm i'm not the judge so i don't know all i'm saying is it was a good fight up until it wasn't, and then all of a sudden, Izzy just caught him with some with some punches. I mean, what he hit him twice with the right, and then got the left, and he was just lights out, absolutely lights out. And the fact that he trolled the kid, I mean, there's a part of me that goes, "Come on, the no, kids, no. the kids scared for his daddy. Like that's not cool." And then on the other side of it, you know that kid's 13 years old, right? I don't care. Okay, here's the thing. It, if you can't take it, don't dish it. And I <laughs> get fair. that you were six. It's completely fair. I get that you were six when you did this. I'm well aware of that. Your dad should totally have been, Mm-mm. no, no, don't no. Do we don't do that. Right. My, I, I got to go another stock up. It's Sam Bennett. I mean, I, I, I could argue he was the talk of the tournament. That's the amateur oh, yeah. from Texas A&M that, that, Oh, by the way, Stephen Tessie's 15. Yeah, 15. 15. 
At 15, you've, you've, right. you've earned every bit of this. All right. Maybe so. Yeah, listen here, Mr. Uh, Millennial. Hey, just at 15, <laughs> you get what you get. Just, it's a little bad taste, right? No, not, not for me. But, a little. Uh, Sam Bennett was low amateur at Augusta. Great story. Was competitive the whole time. Had many opportun- opportunities to fold up shop. Didn't do it. I just hate it. Didn't finish in the top 12. That would have guaranteed so he'd get the, it could come uh, back next year. for next year. Yeah. But I have a funny feeling uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of him anyway. He went to the uh, Aggie Invitational. Yeah, he dropped out. That, that thing they kept talking about of, oh, he's got to carry his own bag. At the, yeah, he dropped out. So what? He's he's going pro now? Is that? Oh, I feel very sure of that. <laughs> I mean, after you finish in the top 20 at the Masters, yeah, why not? So what? So what's the process there? He's got to go to like Q school now, or oh yeah, he'll have to go through the the Corn Ferry Tour or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But I think you'll see him in in time. Handled himself really, really well. It was okay. a very impressive display. All right, all right. Um, I this was the first time in a long time that I did not make the weekend trek up to Bristol Motor Speedway, but I got to go stock up for NASCAR. Once again, they got it right. I was a big detractor of the dirt race, but it just adds a little something spicy to the uh, to, to the NASCAR season. NASCAR, their ratings aren't great. Ratings are falling. I don't... I can't really tell you why, because I feel like it has more appeal with specialty events like this one. Uh, but I would agree it's just not hitting. It, it's it's just not hitting home with the mass audience, and and it's I think that's unfortunate. Sport. Absolutely, it's a niche sport. It it mainly only works in the South. I get it. Dirt track racing, though, is a. It, I, I mean, that's 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 a throwback for all of us that were raised in uh, in Western North Carolina and in uh, more rural parts of the South, where you know dirt tracks were a part of life. Kind of harkens back to the uh, the the original days of stock car racing. And I feel like they, they have gotten it right year after year. That race just keeps getting better and better and better. Final stock up, stock down for the weekend. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I think I've done this before since the season started, but I'm going stock down for uh, all football, not the NFL. Do you even know the XFL's playing right now? Not a clue. Because I don't care. Had it not been for the uh the the relentless promos that I saw over the weekend, I wouldn't even known or would I care that the USFL's coming back next week. It's not gonna work. It's never gonna work. I don't care what you do. Nope. Don't know. Don't care. Minor league football is not a thing. All right, so that takes me to my last selection, correct? Yes. Uh, mine is a vehement stock down, and I do this every year. It's for Chris Sims. <laughs> Did you happen to see he put out his top five edge rushers uh, in this in this class? No. Please do impart. Uh, Tyree Wilson was one, which is, I mean, it's fine. I don't agree with you, but it's fine. Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, Will McDonald IV. Hear a name missing there? Where's Will Anderson? He's five. He's in tier three. He he barely made the list. 
<laughs> There's no way you actually believe that. No. None. Look, and Chris Sims hits a lot on quarterbacks. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind he says things just to get people to talk about it, and it, it, it I, I fall for it every year mm -hmm. because I cannot get over the fact that you would say something that just unbelievably stupid. If that's what you're seeing, and look, I like all four guys he's got ahead of, uh, ahead of Will Anderson. If you're watching them and have him at five, you're not very good at this. Period. Clickbait journalism. And I hate it. You are in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. When we come back for the break, it'll be time for the most important message of the day. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Tech. The siren song of the sea beckons with a bounteous treasure and a desire that must be fulfilled. Here's your seafood order, Mr. Willems. Well, did you get me a wild sashimi tuna? Yes, sir. And the Charleston crab cake, bourbon salmon, and wild mahi-mahi with mango salsa? It's all in the bag. At Ingles, our extensive seafood department offers a huge variety from your local catch to flavors from around the world. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Here! Every Friday. You are in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, and it's time for the most important message of the day, Jeremy Green. Don't do crimes. I have to ask, um, Noah, and no, I'm not a cop. Before you, before you say that, um, have you ever shoplifted anything? Nope, never once. Nope. No, mm. sir, I have not. You're you're a better man than many uh, of one us. of my. I will uh, say there was a time in my youth where. Uh, maybe my fingers were a little stickier than they should have been. One of my best friends growing up was a complete klepto. Yeah. Like every time we went to eat, I mean, salt shakers, Steel. cutlery, right. just all of it. Now, I grew up, I matured, and I would never steal anything. Not so much for people who don't have a lot, right? I mean, crimes of necessity are, are a thing. When you don't have something, you need it, you don't have a means to go get it yourself and pay for it with money, you're going to go shoplift it. Well, a man down in Florida, 28-year-old man, he's a uh, transient, and he does not have uh, a ride anywhere. He doesn't have a car, doesn't have a bicycle, any means of transportation other than, than walking or taking a bus. And he doesn't have the money for, to do that. He got caught on Monday, though, shoplifting from a Target in Palm Coast, Florida. He stole a $540 Razor scooter from the Walmart. Now, if you're going to try to steal a mode of transportation from the Walmart... I notice you're calling it the Walmart. Yes. Uh, if you, if, <laughs> and he was actually a Target, sorry. But if you're going to steal something like that, would it not behoove you to take the demo version? This guy stole the boxed 
$540 Razor scooter, proceeded to take it out of the store, and then stopped on the sidewalk outside the store to build it, giving cops plenty uh, of time to get there to go, hey, that's not yours. You were showing my lack of knowledge of the Razor scooter <laughs> in that I didn't know they had to be assembled. Uh well, yeah, I mean, you buy anything like that, and, you know, usually it requires some assembly. When it comes in this giant box, he takes the box out front, just sets up on the sidewalk, taking out the styrofoam and all that, putting screwing things in like nothing's going on. Well, the, the store didn't do anything to stop him because that could cause a problem. We'll just let the cops handle this. Well, by the time he was able to, before he was able to get the scooter operational, the cops showed up. Asked him what was going on. He said, needed a ride. And he found out. Now facing charges. Obviously, just better, 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 shockingly enough, would you also like to know what he was popped for along with his arrest? Uh, possession of narcotics. Hey, there you go. He had Drunk in public. Found on him a small metal pipe burnt on one end. Mm-hmm. Who's shocked? Sure, that's just what he was. Hope using the man to gets all the help in the world. Hope with. he can turn things around. But today, you are you are not a smart individual, sir. My story is about one Bonnie Gooch. She is a resident of Harrisonville, Missouri, and she has been jailed on a twenty-five thousand dollar bond after she was charged with one count of stealing or attempting to steal. From a financial institution in Pleasant Hill, Missouri, on Wednesday. Now, there's nothing that out of the ordinary about that part of the story. Until you dig a little deeper and see that she apologized in her note to the teller. So she handed the teller a note. One side of it said, I need $13,000 in small bills. On the other side, it said, I didn't mean to scare you. Mm -hmm. So the bank teller gives this woman $13,000 in small bills. She takes it to her car. She drives off. She is caught down the street. Car floorboard is covered. Small bills. Mm -hmm. And she smelled strongly of alcohol. Now. Told you that story to tell you this story. Uh, One Bonnie Gooch was convicted of robbing a bank in California in 1977. Bonnie Gooch is 78 years old. (laughs) She stole, she robbed a bank now for the third time because she was charged in 2020 for doing the same thing in a Kansas City suburb called Lee Summit. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the criminal empire of Miss Gooch ran from 1977 to 2023. Never that, successfully got away with it. Uh, nope. That's the that's the bigger story here. She's obviously not very good at robbing banks. Did you, you say 2020? Stop. Yep. How'd she get out already? Uh, her probation on the second heist ended in November of 2021. But wait. But wait, I'm going to venture a guess she's not going to get probation again. Yeah, I was going to say, but I didn't realize that was a crime that for which you could get probation. Yeah, come on, Missouri. What are you, New York <laughs> or Chicago? <laughs> or I always thought robbing I a bank. I doing this for a minute. 
See, this is the new, you're burying the lead here for me because I always thought like robbing a bank, you get caught. I mean, that's, that's, that's an automatic 10, 15 years, right? Oh, no, that's not how we do things anymore. Good night. Especially for a repeat offender. Hmm? Well, like, I, mean, I don't care that it was four decades ago. Well, I mean, I guess they were looking at the statute of limitations and going 43 years. I feel like that's, uh, we're being a little, going a little over the top with repeat offender. I'm going to bet she gets a little more than probation this time. Absolutely. You went full 10 years old. You went full, full 10 far and you have now 10 fold. I mean, although at that point, if you're 78 years old, don't encourage you doing crimes. Don't what encourage do you doing crimes. Lose? Bad call. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm Mm-mm. not necessarily encouraging crimes. Just saying I can, I can, I can see where you were going. With I that. don't care how old you are. Crimes are always crimes. <laughs> All I can think is somebody's meemaw handing over a, a butterscotch with a banknote. <laughs> I'm going to need a lot of money. My, my, Could you put it in the bag? This is one of the funniest moments of Easter dinner yesterday. It was when my mom, I don't remember what we were talking about, but my mom looked at me at some point and she said, you do realize with every passing day, jail doesn't scare me anymore. Like I'm to that, I'm to that age where... You want to fall? You can foe. <laughs> I, I feel very sure she probably did not want you to communicate that on FCC air. Well, my my mom's not going to do crimes. She just that's her way of getting her point across of don't cross the old woman because I ain't got much time left, and if I have to spend it in jail, don't fall because I'll foe you. This is the Sportsocracy. It is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM at 1400. We are your Draftmas Central. Oh, Draftmas Tree. Oh, Draftmas Tree. We got a seven-rounder. The A-plus Flostradamus mock draft will be coming out throughout the week. All the way through Sunday. About team, six a day. Team-by-team team videos, what your hole can look like over all seven rounds of the draft. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to thesportocracy.com, click that live video link, subscribe to the channel. You can not only join us in the chat every day by subscribing, but you also get those alerts when new content comes out on the channel. This is ESPN Asheville. Coming up next, more draft needs. Talk about the... Go Chargers go! Just keep your eye on the ball. At Ingles, we know that big dreams don't always make it to the big leagues. But we also know that baseball, it's family. It's about building character. And as sure as there'll be some stumbles on that journey from first to home, we'll be right there cheering you on. This is baseball. And this is who we are. Ingles, we're with you every step of the way. Our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great. At Home Trust Bank, we're proud of that. And that's why we focus on helping homeowners prepare for what's next. Our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate. Home Trust Bank is ready to help make a house your home when it's time to buy. Visit your local Home Trust branch 
or go to hgb.com forward slash mortgage. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. About 10 minutes left in the program here, and it's time for another set of NFL draft team needs. Coming up at the end of this month, we will have all of the coverage of each and every pick of the 2023 NFL draft solely on the YouTube stream because, frankly, we could not do that show on FCC. No. It's always a great Tangle time. Tangle end up four domestic lights deep and sound like he's 40. 100%. It's the only way you can keep me excited about fifth-round draft picks. There is a lot to be excited about in this <laughs> Hence why Jeremy pours himself into all of the mock drafts. And again, just a reminder, seven-round mock drafts, team by team, going to start coming out on the YouTube channel this week. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers. What do they need to pick up in this draft? To me, it's got to be right tackle. And see, I'm not as sold on that because I think Jamari Sawyer can play right tackle. He held up last year on the left side. Okay. Look, it's, it is infinitely easier to find a guard than it is to find a right tackle. And, and we talked about this going in. Sawyer was a very malleable piece. I mean, I can't tell you he was great on the left side, but he was good enough. Mm-hmm. Slide him over to the right. I feel like that gives you four of your five positions that are locked down. Now, would I like to have another piece? Absolutely. Because if something happens on the interior, Sawyer can slide in at guard. Now, if if they fall in love with Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright or one of those, and uh, am I going to object to you doing that first round? No. No, it just depends. The, the Chargers are, to me, in one of the best shapes in the NFL. Because where you're picking, somebody is going to fall right in your lap that is really, really good. They have the number 21 pick in the uh, first round of the draft. So who's more likely to fall in their lap? Well, they're going to have their choice of the tight ends. You probably won't get any of the ones you would want in the second round. So if you think that's as big a need as I do, look, I, I like Gerald Everett. He's he's fine. Comparing him to Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid, uh, for me, even Luke Musgrave. Yeah, there's no comparison there. A lot of Charger fans seem to really want another receiver, and I'm not – it's not that I don't understand why, because you've had injury issues with Mike Williams. You've got to have depth. You, you don't appreciate Josh Palmer the way that you should, top ten receiver in the NFL, no big deal. But even with Josh Palmer, you lose Mike Williams well, or and, Keenan Allen, and now Josh Palmer becomes your two, which 
could work, but that means your three is who? Well, and the thought process is that whoever it is would take over for Keenan Allen in a year. Uh, so, I mean, I've I've heard they like Jordan Addison. I've heard they like Zay Flowers. I'm not sure that this isn't a little high for either one of them. It may not be. I mean, it's not to me. It's just where can you get them? The player that I'm stuck on and I've been stuck on the entire draft process is B. John Robinson. If he's sitting there when the Chargers come on the clock, now do I think running back is their biggest need? No, I don't. But just think about the alternative. I mean, I feel like Austin Eckler is going to play one more year with the Chargers. I'm not sure they're ever going to be able to mend fences mm-hmm. because Austin Eckler views himself one way. The Chargers view him the realistic way. You mean the NFL? No, I could see somebody overpaying him. You think so? Okay. I I could see somebody overpaying. They're not going to give up trade. They're not going to give up draft capital to get a running back to overpay them. That's where this kind of falls apart. Mm -hmm. The Chargers have a realistic view of what Austin Eckler is. He doesn't run well between the tackles. I feel like if Bijan's on the clock, you have to. If you get on the clock, Bijan Robinson's on the board. I feel like you have to take it. Now, there's a great possibility he won't be. I was going to say, I think that's a slim chance. I don't. And it's seeming to be more and more likely as time goes on, unless somebody makes a move and winds up in a better shape than they're in. Mm-hmm. I, I, or or will the Chargers make the move? I don't think they would move up. There's too many players. Like I said, they're in the absolute catbird seat because virtually anything they could want and they feel like they need is going to fall right in their lap. Mm-hmm. Or works in the second round, too. Because I feel like Gervon Dexter is good. I've had him with them for as long as I can remember. If they don't take him, it's going to be like Darnell Washington with the uh, Green Bay Packers. I've questioned everything about my life at this point. (laughs) Because I feel like that's a big need. You need somebody that can stop the run and and be that big lane clogger. Now, if you want to take Mozzie Smith early uh, with that first-round pick, I can't fault you for that. I don't know that that has the highest upside, but – I definitely get it because that is a terrible position. And other than that, you don't have a ton of huge needs. I feel like J.C. Jackson can't be as bad as he was last year. No. It's not physically possible. He had the lowest PFF grade I think I've ever seen and didn't even play enough snaps to qualify. That's what I was going to say. A lot of that had to do with missing time for injury, did it not? It it certainly did. Uh, I would look to – I would like to have a linebacker later – at some point in this draft, because you did pick up Eric Kendricks. I feel like that's kind of a Band-Aid because this is a win-now team. I'd like to add another another safety. That's a later need for me, too, and this is a bad safety class. You're, you're taking a no-doubt project late. Uh, but it, it, over the course of the, the seven rounds of this draft, I want to see them add one of those high-level tight ends. I want to see them add to the front three, four, whichever way you want to look at that mm-hmm. i need a i need a, a run clogger on another piece on the offensive line i think it's a tackle sitting behind sawyer to where if he doesn't work out you can slide him to the inside you know you're good at guard then and you can groom the right tackle and then i want to add a receiver a corner late and, and another linebacker mm-hmm. this is a phenomenally talented roster the problem is they couldn't win games with it last year. Yeah, or because, enough, you, because you had a Lombardi calling your plays. Uh, you brought in a big boy offensive coordinator. That, That's going to help a lot. Yeah, that and all the injuries did not help. But are they, I mean, are they just the Baltimore Ravens West Coast? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm telling you, Kellen Moore had a lot of opportunities around this league. He was very sought after when the the split came with the Dallas Cowboys. There's a reason he chose this roster. Kellen Moore wants to be head coach in the NFL. There's a reason he turned down Boise State when they came calling. There's a reason he's turned down all of these different college opportunities. So he wants to be a head coach in the NFL. If you make this work, you get this team into the playoffs, win a game, win two games, you're going to be a head coach in this league. Mm-hmm. And so I think you are going to see a very prolific offense. I think you'll see Justin Herbert take another step forward where he gets into that Joe Burrow conversation uh, because I think Burrow is a step ahead of him right now. It, for me, it's more coaching than it is anything. I think talent-wise, they're pretty close. And then you just got to round off the defense. Good thing is that's why Brandon Staley was uh, – that's why he became the coach of this team. Is, he's a defensive guy. Now I think you have enough of a presence with Kellen Moore. He handles the offense. He handles the defense. We meet in the middle. I love this team. This is one of the most improved teams in the NFL to me. It's a very vanilla draft for the Los Angeles Chargers. They have one pick in every round. And, and that's fine. All you have to do is maximize the potential of the talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do uh, – you've already spent the money. Now you just need to round it off with, with with a few good draft picks, and to me you'll be one of the favorites in the AFC. We appreciate you for joining us here in the Sportsocracy on this Monday. We will be, uh, of course, back with you tomorrow at 3 right here on ESPN Asheville. We'll see you then.